0: All right, next, we have gastritis. And with gastritis, we have two kinds, acute and chronic. So acute is most likely caused by either a bacteria called Helicobacter pylori, or H. pylori, or by drugs, especially NSAIDs. Give me some NSAID names. Aspirin, give me another one. Ibuprofen, give me another one. Naproxen, give me another one. There's at least one more you should know. Not acetaminophen. Toradol. You should know Toradol. It's on your must-know drug list. It might be from EdSurge 2, though. But you should still know it. Because we talked about it, Pathopharm 1. It's an NSAID that that's, uh, can be given PO or by injection. And then a lot of times they give it to patients post-op. Some other names you should also just be familiar with are Voltaren and Relefin. So any of those can cause gastritis. What are the two most common causes of acute gastritis? H. pylori Pylori and drugs, especially NSAIDs. By the way, H. pylori. um, Some guy, I think it was from Australia, came up with this brilliant idea. Ulcers are caused by bacteria. And guess what happened to him? No. They thought he was a quack for 20 years more or less, I have to look that up exactly, but I'll go with 20 years for for drama. 20 years, and then guess what happened? He was right. And then he—I don't know if he's dead or not. So, anyway, um, even in our modern enlightened age, the conventional wisdom can still be wrong. Uh, manifestations usually vague abdominal pain, tenderness, and bleeding. Um, now, what kind of blood are they going to have? It's coming from their stomach. Dark cherry stools. What's the name for that? Melena. Now, if you remove whatever caused the problem in the first place, usually you heal up pretty quickly. So, if they've got H. pylori, you're going to kill the H. pylori. If, they're, if it's because of drugs, you're going to stop the drugs. Now, chronic is a little bit different. Chronic is usually in older patients, and it's, what it is is a thinning degeneration of the stomach lining. Sometimes you'll hear it called atrophic gastritis. What does the word atrophic mean? Getting smaller. The word atrophy means shrinking. So what you're talking about is the, the stomach lining is beginning to thin out and shrink. So chronic gastritis and atrophic gastritis are? Same thing. Um, There's two basic types of causes. One is immune and one is non-immune. So immune is usually destruction of the chief and parietal cells by your immune system. More common in women than men because women have more active immune systems than men do. Non-immune is caused by H. pylori and some other stuff, one of which includes hot liquids. So if you know someone who likes to drink hot tea or hot coffee all day long. We're not talking just about like once an hour or once, you know, like all day they're drinking hot liquid. Just that constant influx of hot liquid, especially tea because it has tannins in it, can begin to wear down the stomach lining. Manifestations of gastritis in general, vague pain. It It hurts. Where does it hurt? I don't really know. It just hurts in there. Discomfort with food and possibly bleeding. Again, it will be dark tarrows, stools, melena. Treatment. Treat the underlying conditions. Change the patient's diet, if necessary. And antibiotics. And if it's because of an NSAID, stop giving the NSAID. All right, next. Oh, by the way, GI is a heck of a lot easier to understand than cardiovascular. I hope. Yeah. But there's just a lot of it, though. It's also easier than respiratory. All right, um, next one: peptic ulcer disease, or PUD. 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 Lies. Okay. Terminology. Flashbacks. You guys were like what? Two when that came out? Oh, no. <laughs> no, like five. Like <laughs> five. Okay. Um, terminology. There's two kinds of ulcers. One is not really an ulcer and one is a true ulcer. So superficial ulcers are erosions of the stomach lining, but there's no involvement of the muscularis. Now, where does the blood supply live in an ulcer? All right, in an ulcer, in the stomach. In the muscularis. That's beautiful. So Superficial ulcers do not bleed. They may have pain, but they do not bleed. As such, they are not as dangerous as true true ulcers. Now, true ulcers extend through the muscularis, and the patient is at risk for GI bleeds. May have just a little bit, maybe only a cult, but they can bleed with a true ulcer. Etiology. There's only four things that cause ulcers. Now, what does the bottom one say there? Stress. stress. When it says stress, it does not mean, oh my gosh, I have such a hard life. You do not believe how much work I have. I'm a nursing student. You know, we are under a lot of stress. That is not what it means. <laughs> As a very, very specific meaning. And what it basically means is, lower, is um, lowered blood flow to the gut. So let me ask you this question. What is the body's response to acute stress fight or flight epinephrine now what happens during that we have the release of epinephrine and norepinephrine and what are the uh, receptors that are stimulated alpha 1 2 beta 1 and 2 what does alpha 1 cause when you stimulate it vasoconstriction vasoconstriction of what not your eyes <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> vasoconstriction of the skin and GI tract. So, stress ulcers are caused by vasoconstriction so severe that you have necrosis of the stomach. That's what we mean by stress ulcers. So, it's a very special meaning and it has nothing to do with, oh my gosh, I am so stressed out. So, the things that cause um, ulcers are NSAIDs, H. pylori, alcohol, mm, and stress, but not, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out. Now, the most common ulcers are duodenal ulcers, which are not actually in the stomach at all. Um Manifestation is usually pain that begins 30 minutes to 2 hours after eating. So it hurts after they eat. The stomach is usually empty at the time that it begins hurting because it's not all in the duodenum. So what happens is the patient will be fine. They eat something. 30 minutes to 2 hours later, it starts hurting. And then if they do nothing, it will go away again. So these people don't like to eat because whenever they eat, it hurts. They can bleed. And um, they're usually, these are usually come and go. They'll get better for a while, they'll get worse. They'll get better for a while, they'll get worse. So evaluation, you can use a barium swallow, endoscopy, and you can also look for H. pylori. Now, let's talk about how we look for H. pylori for just a moment. How can we detect the presence of this bacteria? Okay. One thing we can do is we can stick a camera down their throat and we can take a little biopsy and we can see if it cultures H pylori. So that's called endoscopy biopsy. What else can we do? We can do a stool sample. All right. What else can we do? Why would you do a colonoscopy? All the way That's a long way. Um, what else can we do? So we've got endoscopy biopsy and we've got stool sample. What else? You can do a breath test. Really? Yes. And you can also do a blood test. Now the blood test isn't going to show actual H pylori. What will it show? Antibodies. You check for antibodies when you do the blood test. Now what's the problem with Antibodies. It could be from a previous infection. Now, if the person has never been treated before, the blood test is pretty good. But if they've been treated in the past, it doesn't really help you because it's going to show up positive even if they don't have it again now. So H. pylori detection. Blood test, breath test, endoscopy biopsy, and stool sample. You can detect it by breathing. You breathe Because they're in your stomach, they breathe out. Just like when you've uh, got someone who's been drinking a lot and you can smell it on their breath. What? Well, the chemical breathalyzer can. (laughs) All right. Treatment. For treatment, what we're going to do is we're going to lower acid and we're going to treat the H. pylori if it's present. All right, that's it for duodenal ulcers. Gastric ulcers. Gastric ulcers are usually chronic, and they're often associated with chronic gastritis. What were the thing? What were the major thing that caused chronic gastritis? H. pylori. H. pylori. Because is that, is that seeing a theme here. All right, it is also sometimes associated with anorexia, vomiting, and weight loss. Now, sometimes these patients, when they eat, actually feel better because when they eat, the stomach acid and pepsin is being given a different target other than the stomach itself. Um, And then we have what we call the stress ulcers. Now, these are associated with acute acute peptic ulcers, which means they happen quickly, like within hours to days. They're usually associated with severe illness or systemic trauma. So we have ischemic ulcers that are post-hemorrhagic. So if you've been bleeding out for whatever reason, blood pressure drops, patient gets shock, epinephrine and norepinephrine release, facial constriction of the GI tract, and that causes necrosis of parts of the stomach. Um, After a burn, same thing can happen. With heart failure, same thing can happen. Sepsis. Same thing can happen. And patients who are on ventilators can also have that problem. Then we have something that's called curling ulcers, which are a little bit different, but they're from burns, same kind of idea. And then something called a Cushing ulcer, which is patients who have head trauma and brain surgery. Now, we know of Cushing from Cushing's syndrome and Cushing's disease, which is cortisol related. But Dr. Cushing, or maybe a different one, was also interested in head trauma. And so when we do neuro, we'll we'll talk about something we call Cushing's Triad, and that's related to neuro. So these are the uh, acute ulcers. Yes, ma'am. Would GERD brought upon by stress? Exactly. GERD brought about by stress? Like, I have GERD, and when I get stressed out, my GERD gets bad. My mm-hmm. gastroenterologist is going to keep it under control, so I don't get a stress ulcer. Mm-hmm. Now, would but, that be because... That's not... Yeah, he's, he's just telling you things that make sense, but they're not, re- they're not really the same thing at all. Okay. Yeah. All right, surgical treatment of ulcers. Um, this is basically what you do for stress ulcers. All right, next topic is post-gastrectomy syndrome. What is a gastrectomy? Removal, yeah. Removal of part, part of the stomach. Uh, most gastrectomies are what we call partial. What's the what's the kind of vernacular term for a gastrectomy? Vernacular means common term. Stomach stapling. So we're talk- There's two reason- well, there's two ma- two major reasons why people get stomach stapling or partial gastrectomies. One of them is weight loss. What's the problem with doing that to get weight loss? They usually stretch the stomach right back out, and within a year to two years, they're back where they started from. What's the other problem with stomach stapling for everyone? That's not the huge problem. The other major problem is a loss of nutrients. They have malabsorption syndrome. Now, here are some other things that can go wrong with post-gastrectomy patients. The first one is called dumping syndrome. Dumping syndrome, when you eat a meal, your stomach is supposed to squirt just little bits of food into the the intestine. What happens in dumping syndrome is it just goes, oh, what the heck, here, take it all. (laughs) Now, what that will cause is a decrease in blood volume. Because all of a sudden, all of this undigested food is in your intestine all at once. Your body will send more blood to that area to help digest it, which robs blood from everywhere else. And then your patient will get woozy and hypotension. So we're going to manage this with diet by having smaller, more frequent meals. So that if you do dump, you only dump a little bit. The next one is alkaline reflux gastritis. Basically what happens here is food goes from your intestines back up into the stomach. Now the stomach is supposed to be acidic. The intestines are supposed to be alkaline. So when you have alkalinity in the stomach, the stomach's not prepared to handle that. Um, I forget what afferent loop obstruction is. So I guess we won't care about that. Diarrhea, uh, if you've got a patient who's got all of this undigested food going through, that will lead to diarrhea, which can cause weight loss. And then anemia because of um, lowered nutrients, especially iron and B12. Because what does a patient need to absorb B12? Intrinsic factor. Intrinsic factor. And what makes intrinsic factor? the stomach. And so when you've taken out part of the stomach, less intrinsic factors being produced. Now, Kara, let me ask you this question. Obesity is one reason why people get gastrectomies. What's the other big reason? Cancer. Cancer, you're right. Very good answer. All right, we are now going to move on to drugs. So we've done all of the uh, diseases that we're going to do today. The rest of today we'll talk about drugs.